Now streaming on Not The Podcast You Deserve. Welcome to episode 158 of Not The Podcast You Deserve. This is our now streaming episode where Kyle, Drew, and Drew talk about things they've been watching. Guys, but first, did y'all see that uh, Titans and Doom Patrol were both officially canceled at HBO Max this week? No way. Are you serious? Which, Which comes with a lot of other big DC updates. But uh, Crawford, I know you were watching Titans, right? Once upon a time. Yeah, I don't. I think there's a new season I haven't watched. Yeah, they've they've there's at least half of a season out. Yeah. That I just finished on HBO Max, and it's not good. Yeah. And which is sad because the first going. two seasons I thought were good. Yeah, we know? all saw where it was going. We we're like, you ran out of story, and we're becoming a CW yeah. show. And yeah. And you don't. You're a much over budgeted CW show. Right, that's the thing. It's a very pretty CW show. Yeah. Um, when they brought out the Lazarus Pit, I was like, man, we're, we're jumping the shark. And uh, they did, and season four is not good. So James Gunn is at least doing right by the characters, I think. Doom Patrol is like fun and like kind of zany, but I don't think it fits in with where the rest of the, rest of the DCU yeah. is going. I like to consider myself a pretty fair barometer of like, hey, is your superhero show need to be canceled or not because if sure. i'm not gonna watch it well then then it definitely needs to be canceled because i'll watch most didn't of you them. also i'll watch didn't you also watch like all the seasons of the flash on the cw no i didn't i oh. stopped watching oh, after like then. season four because i was like we should oh, wow. stop making these and i'm a huge sure. flash fan so i was like yeah. hey guys that says a lot we're having we're having problems I think it should be um, known that season four is way beyond where most people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Most I'm, I'm telling you, like, if I stop watching, your show's dead. <laughs> you should just assume it. Um, and then, in the news of Oscar world, um, the Academy came out and said they are conducting a review of campaign procedures around this year's nominees hmm. after Andrea Riseborough got an Oscar nomination for her uh, performance in To Leslie. Basically, the director's wife of the movie uh, called up a bunch of celebrities and was like, please watch this movie. Please take a look at this person's film uh, and this per- person's performance. And was like really laying it on thick to where like all of a sudden, all of these people who get to vote and nominate for the Oscars all kind of said the same like 10 words when they were describing this one movie and the actor's performance, mm. um, which just shows you that it's all a bunch of malarkey. Because uh, who's ever heard of Two Leslie? Not me. Um, but yeah, so there's finally proof that uh, people. It's it really has nothing to do Man, with when, who's giving the best performance. When the Oscars are fallible, you know what? What hope can you have <laughs> for any man-made system? It's, it's, it's all encouraging rigged. that they would come forward and say like this was not legitimate like i feel like before everything's been like no 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 we're not going to tell you how things are done but there's a lot yeah. more scrutiny with award shows this this time around i feel like that's a good point well i think it's also because um, award shows for the most part i get that the oscars are like the pinnacle of it but award shows in general people are like oh they're realizing we made all this up and it's yeah. not like <laughs> it's not like that important anymore. Like people can make sure. their own decisions and ascribe their own value to things. So we got to make sure that we definitely do it right. Because if we totally screw one up, everyone's gonna be like, "See, rigged." 
has no value, not watching anymore. Uh, Hulu's bringing back King of the Hill. Uh, for all of you King yeah. of the Hill fans still Somebody, out there. Why? Somebody texted me that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Is why. Is it like the same creators have started to reboot the franchise? It's gotta like be. A, did they realize that Rick and Morty had like come into some trouble <laughs> and they were like... There's a void. There's a yeah. void. There's finally there's room on the shows. mountain. There's room for King of the Hill. Yeah. Un- yeah. Hey, and then Crawford, do you want me to... To post on air what Scott Terrell said about our Disney Channel episode. I would love or, for uh, you to. The Scott Terrell friend of the pod uh, joined us on episodes and <laughs> we talked about golf movies. Uh, he said, I just listened to the Disney Channel original movie episode and Drew Allen might have picked the worst movies of all time. At least the worst first overall pick. <laughs> Drew's team was solid, but Kyle stole all the good picks and had the best team. Uh, Scott, you've always been my favorite guest on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for your wise words here. Um, reviewing our episode 156 or something episode where we did the best Disney Channel original movies. Man, Kyle uh, Cox so showing he's more easily swayed than an Oscar judge. <laughs> One nice text and he's like, yeah, I love Two Leslie. That's my favorite movie ever. Uh, I want Scott Terrell to know that I have to assume I'm the second host to, or how should I say this? Of the three hosts, I think I've watched the second most amount of episodes of Three Under Par, and you've just created an enemy. So, <laughs> you created an enemy. You don't know what you've done. One eye open, sir. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then, guys, lastly, in the world of Hollywood, did you guys see James Gunn um, had a big deal today? On the future of the DCU? No, tell me more. Oh, very cool. I'm going to hit the, the highlights for you. He uh, basically said that the Joker franchise and the Batman franchise, um, Joaquin Phoenix and Robert Pattinson franchises, mm-hmm. will keep going under the Elseworlds title, um, which oh, I think okay. is pretty cool that he's yeah. he's actually saying, like, we can make stuff that doesn't have to be in the main continuity, the main timeline. Nice. And they call it Elseworlds, which is from a comic um, yeah, which I appreciate. He confirmed that The Flash will reset the DCU, which is now the DCU and not the DCEU, which is confusing for me. Huh. Um, Aquaman 2 supposedly will lead directly into the first chapter of the new DCU. Okay. What's the first chapter, you might ask? He called it Gods and Monsters. The first main project that James Gunn decided to talk about was a project called Creature Commandos. Awesome. It'll be a mix of animation and live action with the same actors portraying the characters. Um, If you have never heard of Creature Commandos, it's very much Guardians of the Galaxy-esque where a weird ragtag group of creatures does weird stuff. I think that's where the uh, weasel is from, if I'm not mistaken. That was in Suicide Squad. Awesome. Speaking of Suicide Squad... The next big project they announced was Waller, a Viola Davis-led movie about Amanda Waller. So if you're not excited about the DCU yet, just wait, because Superman Legacy is the first movie that was announced, and that's I'm pretty fired up for that, actually. Yeah. James Gunn's writing and directing it, and uh, or he's writing it for sure. He's not sure if he's directed yet, but I'm actually pretty fired up to see what he does with Superman. What's your guys' take on the Green Lantern? Lame or not? I think there's huge opportunity to not be lame. I wish that we could see a live-action version that's not lame. 
I think uh, Green Lantern's awesome. I think he could be. How about a live-action HBO Max series uh, with Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan, uh, which he described as a true detective type story? In. Yes. I'm in. And yes. I, as long as Nathan Fillion is playing the Green Lantern, then I'm in. <laughs> Doesn't he voice him now in yeah. the cartoons? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, he talked about the Authority Group, which is super lame in my opinion. Um, Booster Gold HBO Max series, which could be super lame as well. Paradise Lost, which was like Themyscira. Okay. Wonder Woman's. He said it was like Game of Thrones meets Themyscira. I think. I don't know about that. Donald Faison was Booster Gold. Was set to be Booster Gold for a while. Did they have they kept him on for that? No, no, no. chance. Okay. Oh, that's a huge. Um, <laughs> but Batman. He talked about Batman. Uh, DCU's Batman, the movie's going to be called The Brave and the Bold, and it's going to be Batman with his son, Damian Wayne. Sick. Uh, oh. And intro the beginning of the Bat family, which, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, if you're going to introduce Batman in a way that nobody's done it yet, I think that storyline would be a pretty cool one. Because um, usually Batman's like the dark and brooding character, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and then you you put the only other character that's ever been more dark and more brooding uh-huh. than Batman and, uh-huh. and maybe give him a chance to lighten up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then a Supergirl sci-fi film, which I, that might be interesting. And then a Swamp Things horror movie. Awesome. That's so, going to be so cool. That's a pretty cool slate. Um, I'm excited for a lot of those. He also said about The Flash, he said, The Flash is probably one of the best superhero movies ever made. And now I don't think I can trust James Gunn. <gasps> I, think, I think my trust is already being pushed a little bit. Those are the key takeaways from the DCU update that Mr. Gunn gave us. Um, guys, we didn't talk about The Last of Us last week, I, and I was bummed because episodes was, this one This was my whole now so streaming. Good. This was my whole now streaming. Have you seen the third episode yet? I'm like halfway through it, and I had to stop for this stupid podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> guys, episode three is so good, and I yeah. really... Like we did a we did an episode breakdown of God dang She Hulk and we're not doing it for the Last of Us. <laughs> that really bugs me, man. I think <laughs> the, the Last yeah. of Us is so good. I think the Last of Us. I mean, obviously we're only three episodes three episodes in. Some of us are only two and a half, but I think it's the best <laughs> show that's come out on television in years. Okay, uh, it's so good. I don't even if you never played one second of the video game before in your life, like yeah. me, you can just appreciate that it's a very, very good show. Like it's giving me very well done season one, season two Game of Thrones vibes, where I'm just like captivated by the characters. I oh, wow. can't stop watching. There's just enough action to be like, look, it's an action thing, but it's just suspenseful. There's great character development. I mean, I don't want to like rave on it for too long but even just uh tessa's character in episode two making you like fall in love with this with this girl and just being like you're she has so much character development and you only get her for like an episode and you're like all right well sweet you were the best thing i've seen on television like give her an emmy for that episode alone (laughs) yeah best performance in one episode yeah well the one that you're on right now has got two pretty great ones um, as well. So I can't wait for you to enjoy that. Um, if I told you guys that I watched a movie starring Keanu Reeves, who plays a man named John, who's very good at killing people in a world where you get very little context, but there is a safe haven where good guys and bad guys can stay together and they can't hurt each other. 
Um, what movie did I watch? Constantine. Constantine. Yes, it's such a good yeah. movie. I yeah. rewatched Constantine. Friggin' love that movie. <laughs> I watched a movie. I watched The Master because Crawford mentioned in our last episode about uh, the 2013 Oscars that how The Master was really good. Um, or you think you specifically praised Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, I don't get it, man. I, Paul Thomas Anderson, I, I've never even like remotely enjoyed one of his movies. I've, I haven't liked any of Wes Anderson's movies either. I don't know if it's just the last name. <laughs> I don't know what the problem is, but I can't get into it. The, Amy, Amy Adams was nominated for an Oscar for it. I, I, I don't get it. I hated it. I did not enjoy it at all. I did not enjoy any bit of it. Maybe that says more about me than it does about this movie. But do you remember the movie? Do you remember liking it? The reason I thought it was interesting is because there's a lot of like parallelisms to how uh, Scientology started. Um, oh, the guy that um, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna totally blank on his name now, but the guy that invented Scientology, like the, a lot of the stuff that uh, the cause is built mm-hmm. around, is like how he also convinced people of like, hey, hook yourself up to this machine. And like, I'm going to get rid of all your bad thoughts and you're going to pay me money and like, I'm going to make your life better and you're going to follow me and I'm this charismatic leader and we're going to like get this thing rocking and rolling. Um, so that's why I thought it was really interesting. It came out at a time uh, when I was in college also studying like new religious movements, which is the correct term for cults. And, uh. we, did, <laughs> and we did a lot of... Um, we did a big long study on this on Scientology, and so it just was a movie that was piquing my interest at a very specific time. And I also love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I thought he did a really great yeah. job of being that very interesting, charismatic leader of like sucking you into something that you're like, oh, I don't even know what it is, but it's awesome. I heard the heebie-jeebies thinking about the movie and didn't love it. And then finally, I am two episodes into Shrinking, uh, the Bill Lawrence TV show with Harrison Ford and. Jason Siegel. And do you guys know Bill Lawrence's wife is uh, Jordan from Scrubs? Yeah. yeah. I don't think I knew that. She's also in this show. Um, the, uh, it's she's interesting. She's in like, everything he does. Including this one. It's uh, Shrinking's pretty good. It got my interest. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't really know how this is going to continue. But uh, I'll stick around for, for episode three. Uh, and I'll report back later on. How much does Jason Siegel's character seem like forgetting Sarah Marshall? Wow, I hadn't really, uh, yeah, more than you want it to. Yeah, like. More than you want it to. Sad. Yeah, I don't think he's a very good actor. I feel like he's very, he's got like two things that he can do. One is like overly goofy, and one is like I'm so miserable and sad. Yeah. And like there is no real middle ground for right. him. Well, yeah, I think he nails those really well, so. <laughs> sure. I, have you yeah. seen The Muppets? Because <laughs> you should. <laughs> the Muppets may be one wow. of the best movies that's ever been made. Wow. Um, so that is, uh, that's all I'm going to go into today. Drew, with you, what have you been watching, man? Yeah, I'm looking through my list. I realized that I've watched 20 new movies as of this year. So I'm going on a good clip here. The main two I've watched this past week are... Like as of 2023 in the last 31 days? Yeah. Oh, wow. Not movies that have come out in 2023, but just movies I hadn't seen before. Sure. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I hope to maintain this. Uh, two really important ones to talk about on now streaming are Scream, the new remake, and there's a Scream 6 coming out 
not too long from now. So I, I'm glad I got in on that. I'll talk that second. And then All Quiet on the Western Front, which is up for a lot of Oscars, I think nine nominations. And it is really good. Like, solid film. Beautiful, beautifully shot. The sound design is incredible. The music is really good at, like, making you feel things. Um, it's kind of a bleak movie about the pointlessness of war. So uh, if you're ready for two hour, two and a half hours of pointlessness, um, mm. gear up for a great movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. It, I didn't realize it was the third iteration of this story. I knew the, the big one, the big first one that had come out, but apparently there was a second the one. The book. Well, I mean, there's the book. There's also two other movies. <laughs> They're all based on this. Uh, and coincidentally enough, this is supposed to be a retelling of the book, not a remake of the movie. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. Really well done. Um, and it's going to win a ton of Oscars, I imagine. So it's worth your time. The other one I really want to talk about was Scream, the reboot of the Scream franchise. They had made four before this, and this is them kind of restarting the franchise up and in typical scream fashion they spend a lot of time breaking the kind of breaking the fourth wall but all the characters are like we're in a scary movie we're rebooting the franchise so this is what we do when we reboot franchises there's a really funny scene where the expert of scary movies kind of walks you through what a Mm -hmm. reboot is and why they do it this way it's really really tongue-in-cheek really well done a great entry point because i had not watched any scream movies before then have y'all are we all big scream fans scream heads I mean, I'm not a big Scream fan. As we've talked about ad nauseum, I'm not a scary movie fan, but I have seen Scream 1 and 2. I think I've seen the first three. Ghostface, like, Hereditary kind of messed me up. And, like, Final (laughs) Destination, like, I don't like driving behind uh, flatbeds that have logs on them. Yeah, Yeah. can't do Uh, it. But, like, Ghostface is the one that, like, like for weeks I would see Ghostface like in the dark, <laughs> like in my bedroom. Like that really, really messed me up. Yeah. So I don't really jack around with the Scream franchise. I don't really like want to even play with that. Well, this may be cathartic for you to jump back in. <laughs> I, I think it, there is something terrifying about how kind of weak Ghostface is. Like he gets beat and shoved around and like it's comical how kind of difficult it is for him to kill people, but it makes it kind of more real of like, this guy actually, this could actually happen. <laughs> What's behind you, Kyle? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on edge now. <laughs> but the Melissa Barrera. I swear is to God, of, if somebody calls my phone, I don't have their number. I'm going to burn my phone. <laughs> put it down the disposal. Yes. Uh, it is really interesting what they choose to subvert as far as expectations and what they uphold kind of as a reboot. Uh, I think they do a great job keeping the tone while also adding in a new enough stuff that it's kind of feels fresh. Uh, Melissa Barrera is the new Sydney Prescott, you know, main lead character, and she does a phenomenal job. Gina Ortega is in it. Jack Quaid of the Boys franchise is in it. I mean, they have a really good cast. They bring back a lot of uh, famous people from the franchise. Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette all make appearances. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a really well-done reboot um, for a long-running franchise i haven't looked up what the fans think of it but i imagine it got high praise because they're making a sixth one yeah i was gonna say they're making another one so it did well enough yeah um yeah i mean i just love the attention to detail they put in it there's a franchise in the scream franchise where it's like a bunch of movies essentially the scream movies inside of the scream franchise called stab which i think is hilarious (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean it's just horror movies made by fans of horror movies and it's directed it's 
dedicated to Wes Craven, who passed away uh, yeah. not too long ago. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was kind of a little cathartic also. To I feel like they, I, I would imagine they did Hidden Proud. Um, like I said, I haven't done any research as far of what the, the takeaways was for fans and critics, but I would recommend going to see it if you can. You will have to rent it on like Amazon Prime or YouTube or something for like three bucks, but it's worth it. Crawford, what have you been watching, man? So I talked already about The Last of Us and how it's amazing. Uh, everybody should watch it. They should watch it right now. You can just put the podcast on in the side. It's not even going to interrupt you. Just I just want the streams. <laughs> just go watch The Last of Us. The one cent. Uh, yeah, very important. Um, yeah, Pedro Pascal does great as we big fans of him here on the show. Uh, Bella Ramsey, you know, we're getting the, the full Game of Thrones cast back together. Uh, love that Nick Offerman got casted as like himself. And then uh, Anna Torv as Tess is just great. So uh, very excited to see what this show does. Uh, it's all very new for me because, like I said, I didn't play the video game, but now I'm feeling like I need to. Uh, so they're going to probably get a whole new batch of fans for this game. Uh, so good on them. The other two things I've been watching, um, I started watching season two of Hunters on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. Have you guys seen is this? Is it great? Um, no, I haven't watched season it two is, yet. It's not, it's not as good as season one. And season I, one was great. I, I feel like that's pretty fair for something that came out that was so original. Um, yeah. To then just be like, and now here's another season. It's like, well, you had a pretty, pretty complete story arc. Um, yeah. Season two, not giving anything away. They up the stakes. They're no longer just hunting Nazis. They're hunting Hitler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Nazi. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's taken very seriously, but that's just a hilarious premise. Yeah, it, <laughs> They're not it, just hunting Nazis. We're hunting Hitler. Yeah, this show is aware that it is an insane premise. Um, in like in like 19 like 80, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so, not like hunting Hitler like during World War II. It's hunting uh, Hitler and <laughs> he's just be dead for 40 years. Yeah, so. They do a really good job of getting some character development going on um, while still making an interesting story. Um, I do like Jonah a lot better in this one. Uh, the story here is less about, um, hey, you're figuring out this whole world and like, whoa, the scales are falling off your eyes and you've got to figure out what's going on. Like there's evil in the world. You got to go get it. This is more of like, I've accepted that there's evil in the world. It's just my job to kill it now. But also, I've kind of fallen in love with another girl that's not in this world. And how do I live with this duality of like, I want to keep this normal life over here. But also, I feel like I need to complete this mission. Also, Al Pacino is in season two. Which, if you huh. remember season one, he shouldn't be. And so... <laughs> There's there's a lot of flashbacks going on through throughout as well, yeah. And so it kind of interrupts the the main narrative. Um, yeah. Everybody does a good job for the most part. I, I've liked the character acting. There's a couple things that I'm like, that's an unbelievable plot point. Like Jonah's aunt is around, and she's just like, but you haven't heard about me for forty years because. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> <reasons>. uh, <laughs> wait. 
Uh, did Josh Radner die at the end of season one? Or did he no, make it out? No, he's he's alive. No, he made it out? Yeah. Good for Ted. Yeah, good for Ted. Uh, he actually has a, a, a really interesting storyline throughout this as well, because he's like dealing okay. with some personal demons. Um, and it's kind of a liability to the team. So, Hunter season two, um, I would give it like seven out of ten. Six and a half. I like it. I'm enjoying it. Don't. It's not groundbreaking. Don't need to watch it again. Hunter season one, really good. Also, I like that they yeah. have already announced season two is the final season. They're like, sure, we know yeah. it's ridiculous. We can't keep doing sure. this. All right. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I watched was went back and not sleepy. Watched everything everywhere all at once. And oh, good for you! Nice. Wow, that movie is great. Yeah. Right. Really highly recommend a second viewing for everybody. I, um, <laughs> I too, that, rewatched that recently, and I forgot how good it is. Like, it's what really all movie. they deal with. I remembered all the special effects and zaniness. I did not realize how emotional and, like, the stuff they really How hard did well. you laugh at Rakakuni? <laughs> Rakakuni <laughs> might be the best payoff that's happened in a movie yes. <laughs> in three years. I remember crying laughing when he took the hat off and the raccoon was under there. I cried laughing. Like, it, even the first time they cut to her as the hibachi chef and they show the other guy, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's got a raccoon tail under his hat. Ha ha ha, that's funny. Like, what a, yeah, yeah. like, he's got a raccoon tail, like, attached as, like, decoration. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a funny nod to what they said earlier. Easter egg. And then 40 minutes later, it really is a raccoon. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That movie was great. Everybody acted phenomenally in it. I agree with you, Kyle. I thought Joy's character was more of a best supporting actress than Jamie Lee Curtis. But I thought Jamie Lee Curtis also did really well, to be clear. They both got nominated for Academy Awards for their performances. Oh, good. For, uh, yeah. Well, I'm happy then. Because I thought yeah. they, did, they did great. Uh, the husband was so funny and jumping in and out of the you know alpha wayman and just regular wayman was so so funny um yep. the the fact that the the whole macguffin is an everything bagel i'm i'm dying <laughs> yeah the movie is genius and they and it's all just a real family narrative about you know mother and daughter and husband and wife and trying to make and it's all just wrapped up and disguised as a, a zany action movie good for them they should win at all the things yeah so everything everywhere all at once should win all the awards at all the ceremonies all the time so love it yeah uh, it should win all the oscars and speaking of the oscars they're coming up stick around for our next episode as our host demand movies that you must see in preparation for Oscar season. And that's coming up next on Not The Podcast You Deserve.